0: All right. Here we go. Episode 57 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. And I'm actually surprised that we uh, were able to keep our word on the coming back after a week because we seem to not be able to do that very often. So I'm glad we're establishing a pattern now. Um, Sam, how was your week? Man, it was awesome. I got...
1: I got the uh, opportunity to go up to Eugene, check on my apartment that no one's been living in for the last couple of months. It was nasty.
0: I was about to ask, so give us a rundown. So you went up to Eugene to check on your apartment. Nobody's yeah. been there for a couple months. Give us a rundown of the condition took, of the apartment.
1: Took the drive, uh, the eight-hour drive up to Eugene with my uh, my lovely girlfriend. Um, it was a good old time. It went by so fast with her in the car. We both... Made it there and we were like, wow, that didn't really feel like eight hours. And we get there about midday. And as soon as we go in, it's just like, holy cow, this place is filthy. She was, she happened to be barefoot. She took her shoes off and she lifted her feet and they were completely black.
0: That's disgusting. That's
1: how nasty. The, no one's been in there. Like, I could, I can't blame it on myself. I didn't make that, make it that dirty.
0: No. That's and, just kinda gross.
1: And all the surfaces, like my desk, my uh cabinet, uh surface and then they were just dusty. Dusty. Just yeah. littered in dust and the bathroom was
0: Woo well, But the bathroom shouldn't have been in that bad a condition if it was like flushed before you left.
1: I don't know. I don't know what it's just <laughs> I guess it just built up.
0: What built up though? There was I nothing don't know. there.
1: I don't know. Maybe someone, I, honestly, if a hobo was living in my apartment, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Wouldn't be surprised? <laughs> wouldn't <it> be. <laughs> well, I think that sounds like an upgrade from one of the last times you went there, right? Wasn't there, like, d- didn't you take, like, a huge break and then you came back and there was a bunch of, like, food everywhere? I seem to remember that story.
1: Um, When I came back from break, there might have been food left
0: there. I seem to remember there being, like, food in the sink or whatnot. I remember being grossed out by that story.
1: Oh, I don't remember that entirely.
0: It was very it, vivid. It's all come
1: just molded into
0: together. I think the two most vivid stories that I remember you telling on this show were that one and then the one with your volleyball tournament where your buddy brought a girl back to your apartment, back to the hotel that you were staying at, and they were just going at it with you and your other Oh, teammate. well, that wasn't was –
1: that wasn't uh at my apartment
0: but... no it wasn't but i'm just saying about the stories that you told i remember that one clearly and then i think i remember the uh the apartment one very clearly i was just i was just thinking about that one for some strange reason. like more
1: more of that night was coming up and then i remembered like waking up and just looking over to my right at a like blood covered bed <laughs> that's that's that image just went back in my head and I was like, oh my God, like how? I i was just dumbfounded how that happened. I don't, if anyone could, if any of our listeners could like let me know how that would happen because um, it was just everywhere like on the side of the bed on each like four corners. It was like, what the
0: hell happened? Someone was murdered. <laughs> well, there is an explanation for that and it just has to do with um, you know. No, don't even, don't even attempt. <laughs> okay. Don't even attempt to explain that. Well, Bree's standing right behind me, so I think if I did a bad job at explaining it... <laughs> I'd She's probably...
1: our fact checker?
0: <laughs> She's our fact checker, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, congratulations are in order. Sam shot a 92. His lowest... Of course. Congratulations Woo! are in order. And he almost beat
1: Ben, too.
0: I know. Now, see, that's what I'm saying. You and I have now almost beat him. I was... Um, I think I shot an 80-84 or an 85, and then he was like an 81 or an 80, so I was like five strokes behind him, and then you just shot a 92 And what, Ben? Was that like 85, 87? Uh, he shot a 90. 90, okay. Well, then there you go. So now one of us just has to pull through, catch him on a bad day.
1: Mm, mm, I, think, mm, I think we both got to go. This is what I'm thinking. Jason, you got to come up with me to Portland, mm. and then we can both play around up there. Because apparently the weather up there allows him to play better
0: or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Air's thinner up there. I don't know. <laughs> and see if we get a little bit of that mojo, too. I'm all in. Well, we're playing tomorrow. so uh, Or actually, by the time this episode releases, we're playing today. So hopefully, You
1: got to guess from what the score is going to be?
0: Just mm. Really quickly. I always try to go below 90, you know? Um, of course okay, I,
1: what, what do you reasonably think is
0: going to be for me? Um, I'm going to, I want to be confident. I want to be confident. And let's say 88. I think you're going above a hundred. I'm going above a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking tomorrow. That's you have zero confidence in my ability. I
1: think I'm going to be right around 98. That's what I'm going to go. You with. think you're going to beat me? Oh. 100%. You're going to hit a couple of the trees. You're going to hook a couple. We're playing low. on like
0: my home course though.
1: You're switching to your tiny driver that you can only hit like 200 yards. Like I hit it straight. Yeah. I don't know, man.
0: I haven't played in a while, so if there was ever a chance for you to beat me tomorrow. Um we'll let you guys know how that uh how that golf round turns out because uh I definitely believe I'm going to win. Again, like always. So, we can put something on it. We can put something on it? Hmm.
1: Yeah, not right now. But... No.
0: Right, no, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> to let's,
1: let's move on to the actual show. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, let's, let's jump right <laughs> into what we're actually here to talk about.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so Sam and I went back and forth uh, for a little while in the week uh, debating whether or not we were going to do a show about the – like a special show on the NBA protests that happened. Um, and we elected not to. Um, so we're not necessarily late to the party um but the reason we're just a couple days removed the only reason why we elected not to was because everybody was talking about the protest at that time um is we wanted to let it breathe for a little bit and plus we wanted to do not only the NBA protest but also the sort of aftermath of the NBA protest which is what we're at right now we're at the aftermath of that and then on top of that we're also at the beginning of The uh, of new series in the playoffs and the ends of uh, and the closing of the first round of the NBA playoffs and right into the second round. Um, so it all kind of blended together. So that's why we waited and we didn't release like a sort of special episode on you know Thursday and Friday. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh NBA protest because and not only the NBA protest but just the entire sports world kind of collectively. It was one of the I have to say it was the biggest collective act of protests that we've ever seen in the sports world. Um, And it all happened on one day. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here um, with all of this. Uh, We certainly have our thoughts on it. Um, Sam, you can go ahead and get us started if you'd like um, on everything.
1: Yeah, just a little context. I mean, it was uh, Wednesday day, the Milwaukee Bucks decided to um, boycott their playoff game, their final first round game against the uh, Orlando Magic, due t- in response to a Wisconsin shooting that ended with uh, the death of uh, James Blake. Hmm. No, Jake. Yeah, yeah. yeah what? Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, those the Milwaukee team felt that they had to stand up and really put their foot down for to put in a step for change. So they come out. No other team was aware of this plans. That no, Monty it was had. Jacob.
0: My bad. It was Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. J-
1: yeah, Yeah, you had it right. Yeah. Um, and Orlando was even warming up for the game. So that just goes to show, like, how ill prepared the NBA was, or ill informed they were of what was going on, and they quickly decided to. Postponed every game that was happening that day due to the feelings that were that the players had about the whole situation, and other sports leagues followed suit with the WNBA postponing games you had MLB teams choosing not to play either, and mls even had uh, boycotts as well, and the whole sports world went on hold again
0: mm-hmm.
1: for this overwhelming message that the players had that enough is enough this is again Black Lives Matter is this overarching message and it's not being it's felt like it's not being heard Mm -hmm. so they stop dribbling stop the games to say we cannot be ignored now that's the thing and then after all that the players and the owners were in talks of what was going on, what needed to be changed for the players to feel comfortable to resume the NBA playoffs. And as we know, because this is uh, almost a week later, the NBA, the NBA is back. Games are going on right now. And um, that's a good thing I feel. So Mm -hmm. I think Jason's going to go into what he feels about going on. And I have other things I'd like to talk about going into it, but yeah. You
0: can go Jason. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting day. Um, and it, it, interesting, uh, from the sports world. Um, it was from the perspective of the black lives matter movement. It was obviously, you know, nobody's debating, um, that uh, what happened was, was horrific. It was, it was murder. That's what it was. Well, we won't beat around the bush. It, it was murder and it's, it, you know, um, there's there's only one way of of looking at a situation like that uh it shouldn't have happened um so i don't think anybody's beating around uh the bush there it shouldn't have happened um and it was a horrific incident Um, Well, some some people are beating around the bush but that's well some people yeah we're not (laughs) we're not (laughs) um so so and you know we try to keep the show from the very beginning we said we were going to try to keep um, to show completely and solely about sports and stay out of sort of that realm, but you know, more so recently, it has mm-hmm. bled over into the sports world. So um, I feel like we have to, you know, educate ourselves um, on on both sides of the spectrum. Um, of course, our our niche sort of falls into sports. So specifically talking about the sports side of it, um, yeah. the way that I looked at it was. Two things one great idea to protest um, I think mm-hmm. it I think it was uh, a very a very good response um, to to what had happened and I, I applaud the players and I applaud the NBA and I applaud the sports world for and going hey you know everybody wake up kind of thing um, so I, I applaud the sports world for doing that I think where I think where it's sort of so when the when the announcement came back that they were going to resume play, I was curious to see what everybody was going to say in reaction to this to sports being played again. So I went on uh, I went on social media and I looked at um, a couple different accounts and I started reading uh, what people were saying, and a lot of what I saw were people um, bashing on the players for. Coming back and saying, oh, well, they couldn't afford to to play without their – to they couldn't, like, afford to not have their paycheck anymore. It's all about money. Um, like, the this was all for nothing kind of thing. And from the very beginning, once I heard that they were going to protest, I always felt that in order to really make a significant – I mean, and I don't want to say that what they did wasn't significant because it was extremely significant. But I think they missed an opportunity – in the sense that they could have, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say what they could have, should have, you know. Um, but I think the danger that they always faced was coming back. I said from the very beginning, they're going to end up playing and people are going to look at it funny. People are going to go, oh, wow, that was for nothing. And that's exactly what happened. And I was afraid um, that the overarching message of the protest was going to get lost by the fact that they were coming back. So it was one of those things where it was like, man is should the right thing should have just been to say, Hey, we're just not going to play the rest of the season. I don't know if that would have been the right decision, but I was always, I was always worried that with them coming back, people were going to react negatively to that. And people did. And that's a shame because it sort of diminishes the whole protest in the first place. Um, in, yeah. a, in a sense which it, which is a shame, because, like I said, I completely and one hundred percent applaud the MBA and you know the MLB and the mls for doing that it was it was I, I loved what they did um, It was just a shame that people were bashing on them when they decided to come back
1: i I think the the, the thought that this boycott didn't wasn 't substantial in trying to make improvements. In social justice moving forward, I think is, I don't think that's the correct view because the players are working, the players and coaches were working and meeting with the owners because that was the big thing. Uh, LeBron came out, Kawhi was challenging. All these superstars are challenging the owners, these wealthy individuals that hold a lot of power in this country and challenging them specifically to say, hey, we're not going to play unless you guys help us. And with that in mind, and knowing that these groups are in communications this whole time, the fact that the NBA players decided to come back, I think is actually a really good thing because I'm under the assumption that they got assurances from these owners to say, Hey, we'll do our part. We need you guys to play. We want you guys to play. We hear you. And we we're going to like make, Substantial change. We're going to make influence in these areas that are going to really help the situation. Right. And I don't know. You can't really determine all those factors, but I think that's the general thing that I hope that
0: happened. I think that the NBA playoffs resuming is a good sign of that. I think, I think you're right in that sense that I don't think they would have come back if they wouldn't have got assurance. I was just talking about it from the public persona. I think it was they ran the risk. Of being looked at sideways, um, which was what I was saying from the very beginning. Like the yeah. protest itself, great job, great job. Yeah. That was that was it was so it was so cool to see everybody coming together for that collective cause. Um, I was always disappointed. I knew I knew it was going to happen that when they decided to come back, people were going to be angry that they were coming back and saying, "No, you need to you need to keep going because you know." yada 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 whatever people wanted to say about it, but I knew they always ran the risk of that happening and it was just it was just for me it was disappointing to see because it was a really it was really well orchestrated the entire protest um and the message that it sent I thought it was really well done well i don't I don't think it matters public perception if something
1: actually gets done out of it i think you take that i think you take that sacrifice if you're willing to if you're you can take a step back if you know that you're going to take two steps three steps forward in the future right right I think the big thing for me is the fact that they only skipped out on one day Mm -hmm. and they realistically uh yeah they only skipped out on one day I think kind of for me um sort of silences the message because now we're back to talking about NBA playoffs again and it feels like the magnifying glass isn't on the issues anymore. Yeah, do you think that too? A little bit, yeah. Because it's like it's just now business as usual, and we almost forget about all the efforts that went in. Yeah. To what? To that statement.
0: And I know there were talks about converting NBA arenas into um, places to vote, um, mm-hmm. which I think that's, uh, that'd be a, that'd be a cool idea. Um, and then they were talking about. I think Chris Paul, because isn't Chris Paul the head of the NBA Players Association? Yeah, he's the president. I think he was talking about trying to get whole teams registered to vote, um, mm-hmm. or the whole league registered to vote, which collectively I think would be a challenge, but would be neat if they were able to pull that off. Yeah, it'd send a good message to the
1: rest of the country that, hey, these okay. are your, these are role models to young people, and they're all registered to vote, and mm. that's the message that wants to get – Uh, put forth to young people that we all need to register and we all need to show up at the polls.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So I think the message the message behind what the NBA I mean, I think I just said the NBA the NBA, the MLS and the MLB the message that they sent was really powerful and uh, it was really neat to see. Um, Like I said, I was just worried that they were running the risk of coming back as soon as they did of sort of being uh, bashed. And they got bashed a little bit, but I, I think at least on the initial announcement of them coming back. Um, so I was just, I was worried it was going to be really drastic, but it wasn't as drastic as I thought it was going to be, but it's certain there was certainly an outcry that I saw. So. Uh, and that's just, that's just
1: unfortunate,
0: unfortunate of,
1: I think a little cynical view. If you think that these guys are just out there paying <laughs> a paycheck, like, they don't, they don't have to do this. Bless you, by uh, the no way. Thank you. <laughs> they don't have to be out there in this bubble, away from their families. It's actually cool that I think this is the first week that their families can be there. I think their loved so, ones yeah. And, uh, yeah, which is really cool. But, like, these players are sacrificing a lot to be here. They, and there was the talks before the bubble even started that they might not come because of the, the social factors that are going yeah. on. And the fact that the players wanted to have that voice. Yeah, um, I another side of it. I mean, I just said that the fact that NBA games are kind of hurting the message, but it also on the flip side, it gives these players a platform. We saw Jamal Murray put up a monster game last night in primetime television with many eyes on him. And the postgame, he can't even come to words of what he's feeling Yeah. about all of these things. And that was the... Uh, TNT crew, they've gone back to it, they've shown it many times, they've um, really glorified that image, and I think that's, it's just a stand-up job though what the NBA is doing about this whole thing. They've really held up their end of the bargain of saying, hey, we're going to give these players leeway, and we're going to make the
0: messages they want important. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the NFL does, because this this movement's not going away anytime soon, so, which it shouldn't. Um, but, uh, like the movement is here to stay and I'm, I'm glad it is. It should be here. It's important. Um, and, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what the NFL does. Cause the NBA has done a great job so far. Um, oh, what would, what do you think the
1: NFL's response would be if a team decided to boycott?
0: I don't It'd know. It'd be
1: drastically different.
0: I think so. They're two completely different leagues, and how they're think,
1: run. I don't think they would have postponed any other games that day. Like the NBA, right away was like, "Hey, we're not, we're not having NBA games on." That would send the wrong image. But I think the NFL. Well, I,
0: don't I know think if they would. Well, I think they really care. The NBA has the benefit right now of being able to do that because there aren't a drastic number of teams playing right now if it was a normal sunday for the nfl Mm -hmm. that's a lot of teams that they'd have to that they'd have to account for the nba right now doesn't have a huge number of teams to account for at the moment right Um, so i don't know i don't know but it was a it was definitely a historic day in the world of sports for sure yeah this, Um, this year is just getting weirder and weirder yeah i know and uh it, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Hopefully, hopefully things uh, take a turn for the better uh, uh, moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. So after the protests were over and the games resumed, we are now here on Monday when this when this is being filmed and this is going to be released on Tuesday. So as of today, right now, um, currently the score for the Thunder and the Rockets game is 85-78. The Thunder are up right now, on the Rockets. The Clippers closed out the Mavericks, so they're moving on. The Bucks closed out the Magic, they're moving on. And the Nuggets have fought their way back, and it is now tied up with the Jazz, with 3-3 three to three, heading into Game 7, which will be played tomorrow, which is Tuesday, so by the time this is released, it'll be today. And, it, you know, it's funny, because my dad has been paying attention to the Clippers, and Maverick series because he's been enjoying watching the Clippers and Kawhi, and he's been really enjoying watching Luke up um, as well. and He hasn't really paid a ton of attention to that Nuggets Jazz series, and it's the best series. And so far. I, I, I kept telling him from the very beginning that this series was going to be a phenomenal series, and it was probably the best matchup of the entire playoffs so far and it didn't look like that was going to be the case when it was 3 to 1 but now that it's 3 to 3 I'm dancing around the room going ha, ha 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 I told you so um and my goodness Jamal Murray is absolutely bursting onto the scene right now he this was his second 50 point game of the series
1: mm-hmm.
0: he had 50 points, 6 assists and 5 rebounds and not only that His counterpart on the other side, Donovan Mitchell, 44 points, five assists, six rebounds. These two guards are absolutely going at each other right now.
1: Yeah, it appears that no one else on Utah can score other than Donovan Mitchell. And Denver, outside of Jokic, it feels like doesn't have a a consistent score other than Murray. So it's just two teams that are running through one guys and (laughs) – it's just fun to watch, man. These guys are making difficult shots over each other. Yeah. Most of the time too, they're guarding each other on each end. They're just going at it. That end of the game to that uh sixth game was incredible to watch.
0: Yeah. And I think the reason it, you know, you look for you look for that to give each team the edge. So, let me let me drop a couple stats on you right now. Their three-pointers, they were both 50% field from as an, as a team I'm talking about the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets and the Jazz were both 50% from the three-point line. Not only were they both 50% from the free, from the three-point line, but they both made 18. They were both 18 for 36. And the Nuggets made 23 free throws, the Jazz made 21, so they were pretty much even there. Assist was 22 to 20. Blocks were 4 to 3. Steals were 8 and 8. Now the Nuggets had 15 turnovers to the Jazz's 10. So that's a pretty big number in terms of turnovers. But the number, the number that really, I think, got them this win was rebounds. The Nuggets had 43, off, 43 rebounds to the Jazz's 30. Mm-hmm. So I think the rebounds is what really re- was able to put them over the edge. Now, the offensive rebounds, they had seven compared to the Jazz's five. But rebounds at the end of the game are huge. Huge at the end of the game. You yeah, watch just extra possessions for each team. Yeah, and you, you watch games and you get so frustrated by your team when they can't get that defensive rebound that they need to close out the game. You yeah. need to rebound at the end of games. And it was I think that was the stat that really pushed him over. And Jokic had a good game as well. He had twenty two yeah. points, nine assists, four rebounds. Uh Grant also gave them eighteen points. He made big threes. Yeah.
1: When Utah was coming back, he would just hit those wing threes, and it just, his shots looked silky smooth.
0: Yeah, and on the Jazz's side, you know, Mike Conley's been playing pretty well. He had twenty-one, six assists, yeah, five rebounds. Jordan Clarkson gave you eleven. Um, mm-hmm. George's Yang, however, the heck you say, his name, I don't even know. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> was that the right word? Yeah, that's good. Heck yeah, um, he had ten points. <laughs> Rudy Go- Rudy Gobert had eleven and eleven. He had a double double. If you're a Utah Jazz fan, you
1: got to look at Rudy Gobert. That man played one of the most clumsy big man games I've ever seen. He couldn't get a firm grip on the ball anytime <laughs> when he caught it. He let layups and offensive rebounds just slip through his hands. It was crazy to watch.
0: I mean, and if you're you've got to demand more from Rudy Gobert. And it's so hard to say demand more from Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. And I know Jokic is one of the best centers in the league, but he's not a good matchup for Gobert. I mean he's he's really he's really not because Jokic can play out at the three point line, um, yep. and he Gobert, yeah, he has been. So it's not a great matchup from from Gobert. So you, it's one of those things where you you either got to like ride his ass and tell him like, hey, you need to figure it out, or you got to switch somebody else onto Jokic because if you don't have a center who can go out to the three-point line with Jokic, then he's going to eat you up all day. And not only is he going to to eat you up just by scoring, but he's a phenomenal passer. (laughs) He's the best passer on the team. So Mm -hmm. you sit there and I think, I think from a defensive standpoint, the smart thing to do is to put somebody who – Granted, might be a little bit smaller than Jokic, but you want to go get, go up and get in his face, and I think you'll live with him beating you as opposed to beating you one way, which is just by scoring, as opposed to beating you two different ways, which is scoring and finding other people.
1: Yeah, but you can't you can't really do that because who would Gobert be then on? Would he be on Grant? And that's a mismatch on the outside. Maybe
0: you put him on Paul Millsap. But Paul Mills only – he, he doesn't play yeah, as much, but
1: – He doesn't play – I think he, like, starts the game, and then he just gets subbed out for the majority of the game.
0: Yeah. It's tough. I don't know. And, Denver
1: runs that uh, almost, like, four-guard lineup with Jokic.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to match up with, and I don't – I mean, I think – I'm trying to think of a team that can match up well, like what big in the league could stay with Jokic out on the three-point line. Uh, like Anthony that on Davis, Davis. Oh, Anthony Davis could yeah. So the Lakers could yeah. afford to do it. The Lakers could afford to do it because then they could keep um uh flip. Good lord, why am I blanking on his name? McGee or Howard or Howard? Yeah, thank you. Gosh, no, yeah. but no, no, but it's not Howard. That's not who I was thinking what of. Do you
1: th- what position?
0: Okay. I was thinking of Javale McGee actually.
1: Cause, oh,
0: okay. Yeah, because yeah, you could go McGee or Howard. As now that I'm saying that. But, yeah, so the Lakers could afford to do that. Um, man, yeah, you need somebody nimble on Jokic.
1: And another thing for Utah is when Donovan Mitchell isn't in the game, they look
0: terrible. Lost.
1: Jordan Clarkson had by far his worst game, and he's been playing well in their wins. He has been the a big factor of why they're winning.
0: Mm-hmm. He'll put up
1: 20-plus. He really – like, leads that second unit in when Donovan Mitchell needs that rest because Donovan Mitchell's playing 44 minutes a game, yeah. seemingly. And he needs to sit out for a second. And I think and that's, the, that's just a huge part of that game.
0: I think the scary thing, too, for the Jazz is they lost by 12, and Michael Porter Jr. only had two points. Yep. He had, he, he, he didn't have a good game. No, he, now he had 12 rebounds, but and he led the team in rebounds by almost double, but um, still. Oh, he, <laughs> he Houston just point. stormed back. Are you watching this game? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm
1: sneezing all Bless over you. the place. Thanks. But, um, Is, are your allergies just going out of control
0: right now? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I feel like I need to blow my nose. Attack. I feel like I need to blow my nose, but I don't want to like deafen our, our listeners. So if you're listening right now, take your – take your uh, headphones out for a second because I'm going to blow my nose real quick. Sam, rant about something. for Talk about the uh, the Clippers and uh, Mavericks game.
1: Oh, I mean, it's just, it's just a shame about that series because it has all the makings of a great series. Oh my gosh, that's just in my ear. It's like mucus is in my ear right now. Just getting blown in. That's, that series had the making of what we see for Denver and Utah. But the fact that Christos Rozingis had to get injured, just ruins the whole vibe of that series. Yeah, and then they and then the Clippers can just send man after man at Luca, and you knew he was going to tire out. I mean, Eventually. the man was carrying that Dallas team, and the Clippers. I still don't think they're playing at full strength. I don't think they're playing at the best that we can conceivably think of them. Kawhi Leonard is playing very, very very well
0: did you watch Woo! did you watch the last like six minutes of that game no i didn't dude he didn't miss a shot <laughs> he looks like lo- i told we said this last time he looks locked in he looks like a robot right? he really does he looks like
1: the terminator locked on to his target and nothing is gonna
0: take him out of that mode dude he just he just came down and it was like he hit every single thing that he put up he couldn't miss and they were difficult shots too. It's not like they were just like walking layups. So who do you who do you have winning the you have Denver winning, correct? From the beginning, yeah, that's who I was pulling for. So
1: say say Denver wins. I guess Jeremy Grant would be guarding Kawhi. I don't know if you put a guard on Kawhi. Uh... That's a tough matchup for Denver. I don't know. Nothing, no one's. Come, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. If you really want to put a rookie on the last year's Finals MVP, if you want to see that, I just I don't think the Clippers present a really poor matchup for Denver because Paul George is a mismatch for against them, and Kawhi doesn't really come off as some guy
0: that they can stop. No, and I think you're right. I agree with you in the sense that the Clippers are definitely not playing at full strength. And that is a delect a – delect? Huh. We're making up words as we go. Delect. Hey, you're killing it, man. I really am. Uh, with the sniffles and the making up English words. This is a it's,
1: good, good show by
0: you. Dude, it, it, I'm I'm really pulling in the five-star ratings at the moment. I, It is, it, it is struggle down over here right now. <laughs> struggle down, uh, USA, baby. Absolutely. Um but I agree with you in the sense that they're definitely not playing at full strength. And that is directly – there's a real word. Nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, linked to Paul George because he's not yep. playing at full strength. He had a good – what was it, game five? And he had a pretty he's, good game five, yeah. He silenced the haters a little bit. I think he was he was definitely more efficient than what he was putting out. Now, granted, he came back on game six. He had 15 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. So, overall, he contributed how many, in how many other shot. ways. Let's see. Let's see. Might take me a second to find that. I had his. Oh, it's all good, man. I'm not going to be able to pull it, it up at the moment. It but doesn't matter. It really He's doesn't played subpar.
1: He played subpar, and the Clippers still won comfortably. <sighs> it just doesn't look like they're... they're that team that we thought they were. No. They're, they're not that locked to be a contender. In the West.
0: No. And speaking of contenders, one of the things that I wanted to bring up with today is, mm-hmm. and especially because I knew we were going to be filming at night. Right. Today, the Heat and the Bucks played. Right. And the Heat lost. So, The Bucks, the bucks lost. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. The heat, yeah, my bad. <laughs> God, I'm horrible today. <laughs> I'm horrible today. No,
1: dude, it's all
0: good. It's all good. The, uh, <laughs> the Bucks lost. And the Heat won. So, the question that I wanted to present is: we've looked, we've looked at the Western Conference from the very beginning as the stronger conference, with Mm -hmm. especially with the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. And even let's say hypothetically they didn't make it there, you still have the Rockets, you still have the Nuggets, and I mean, hell, even the Mavericks, (laughs) as they proved. Um, and, well, you got Utah who's playing well. And even you the eight seed um, and Blazers <laughs> yeah. are no schmuck of a team. So, but I think we all knew from the very beginning and are all expecting it to be either the Clippers or the Lakers. So we looked at the West as a powerhouse. We're looking at the East right now, and you talk about a team that hasn't seemed like they've been playing at full strength like the Clippers. Well, I, I would say the same thing for the Bucks too. Yeah, we mentioned, we talked about that. Last podcast, we kind of nailed it.
1: Miami, we, I think we said this exact thing. If Milwaukee came out and expected to win as they played against Orlando, they were going to lose because Miami was riding high as a kite going into this series. They swept Indiana, who's Indiana's a pretty good team. I don't think Indiana played super well, but they have some good pieces and Miami thoroughly beat them. And, And Miami comes out in this game. Giannis has an uncharacteristically
0: off game. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Yeah,
1: not as effective as he usually is. I mean, he's probably going to be league MVP this year, so an uh, off game for sure for him. Yeah. And they, but they still got a good showing from Chris Middleton.
0: 28 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists.
1: He was a go-to for them throughout this whole game. If he didn't play that well... Who knows how bad this game looks? Because Miami, Jimmy Butler,
0: looked like a world beater out there. He really did. He had forty he points, looked, four rebounds, two assists. And most of those points are
1: coming in
0: first off bunches, but secondly in the second half. And, and the biggest buckets need to be had. Not only that, but you're dropping forty on one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah, and he's going at
1: who's uh, he's going at Wesley Matthews, who's not as good as. As a defender, as he was probably say five or six years ago, um, he's going against Middleton. He's going against um, George Hill a lot of times. I mean, but he's also going into the paint with Brook Lopez. He's going into the paint with Defensive Player of the Year Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he's hitting big shots, and he's setting up his guys. Goran Dragic had a great game. We talked. We highlighted him. I think we
0: yeah. we nailed
1: this series. I think we so did. Far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Dragic had 27.6 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, so if you go to the the comparable the game by game stats uh with these side by side, the Heat shot 46%, the Bucks shot 49. Then the Bucks, mm-hmm. the Bucks actually made four more threes than the Heat did. They were 16 mm-hmm. of 35 and the Heat were 12 of 31. Now, the big kicker, the big kicker, and I think this is where the Bucks lost this game is their free throws. They shot 53% from the line.
1: Do you have uh, Do you have Giannis specifically? Because I think
0: he missed maybe six or seven himself. I don't have him specifically, but I remember walking out my door today and watching him jip two of them. <laughs> uh,
1: last, I, last I saw, I think he was two for eight towards the end of the game. Yeah. Which you need more from your superstar. So
0: they were 14 for 26. Meanwhile, Miami was 25 for 27. And not only that but they out rebounded uh the bucks as well. They had 46 rebounds to their 34. Mm-hmm. So they lost this game at the line. It really did. Yeah, Miami I think you can't really don't don't like
1: make that as oh I that discrepancy is kind of big for uh Miami like this is a rep but Miami was pushing the they had uh I I could have swore they have they had more points Scored in the paint than Milwaukee did it. Can you double check that for me?
0: Uh, points in the paint. The Heat had 42. The Bucks.
1: Yeah. That just goes to show how aggressive Miami was in the paint. They were getting it from Goran Jojic, who was hitting those sidearm, under, underhand uh, floaters that he was doing most of the time. They looked like lobs to Adebayo most of the yeah. time. When they were going in. And it was like, okay. Well, and Jimmy Butler was attacking and getting through the defense, which were – some of Milwaukee's miscues, but yeah, good good offense.
0: Well, and the thing too that we've said, we even said this last year was: if you're going to beat the Bucks, what do you do? You clog up the paint because that's where Giannis is going to go. Definitely, you got you got to lock up the paint, and yeah, and look what happened. Look what happened. They did that. Twenty four points in the paint. Giannis normally scores twenty four points in the paint by himself. <laughs> oh, easy
1: on an off night. <laughs> on yeah, on an off night.
0: So. The fact that they had 24 points in the paint to the Heat 42, I mean I don't know the game by game stat for the Bucks on that, but I feel like the Bucks average at least 40 points in the paint. Yeah.
1: Um, well, they're they're a uh, leader in three point attempts and makes in the league. Um, I mean, you got your center Brooke Lopez who's strained farther and farther out in three point line than normal conventional centers are, but I think Miami they. We talk about the matchups for uh, L.A. against the Clippers. Miami has Iguodala. They can throw at Giannis. They have Jay Crowder. They can throw at him. They have Adebayo. They have Jimmy Butler. These are...
0: They're dogs.
1: Almost, I wouldn't say Jay Crowder's an elite-level defender, but the other three are definitely elite-level, and Jay Crowder's a body you can throw at him for sure, and he did a good job tonight,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: no doubt about it. And then they have guys um, in the back. To support, so they match up really well, and obviously they had a really good game plan with a great coach Eric Spolstra, for this game. Who knows if they can uh, continue
0: the success? And get this, coffee. get this, everybody, everybody who played minutes tonight for the Heat scored. Yeah. Everybody scored. Now Iggy only had two points, but he had four rebounds. Everybody came in and did something. Kelly Olynyk played eight minutes. He was the one who played the least the entire game for the Heat. Yeah. Came in in his eight minutes, had four points, two assists, two rebounds. Contributed. Yeah. Contributed, and it's a total team effort. It's one of these things, you know. You talk about, you talk about how. I mean, one of the things we've heard over the course of the year was how deep the Clippers are. I can read you everybody that played for the Heat right now, and I guarantee you, you know everybody's name. It's Butler. So it's Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Bam, yeah, out of bio. Yeah, bio. whatever his name is. Yeah. Gordon Drogic, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk. Those are all guys who have now granted, not all of them are superstars, but we know who they are. And we know who they are because they're solid players and
1: they're above average role players to I wouldn't say Jimmy Butler is a superstar in the league, but he's definitely Obviously, a guy that can lead your team,
0: right? Looking like, so the Heat, the Heat are in a really good position in the sense that they can continue to throw people at you. They mm-hmm. only had one guy tonight who played less than fifteen minutes. Kelly only played eight minutes. Everybody else played fifteen minutes or more. So it's not like they're subbing in like Frank Mason for the Bucks, who played two minutes. <laughs> Frank Mason's on the Bucks. Frank Mason is on the Bucks.
1: For, former King, Frank
0: Mason. Frank Mason the third. No way. I, I would have thought? I know, right?
1: Why do former Kings always get
0: <laughs> Head the, the playoffs?
1: nicest spots?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm we'll at Ben McImore. He's in the playoffs right now. Yeah, he's not playing, though. I don't know why he's in the doghouse for them. He's playing so well. You always say he's playing so well. He could miss every single shot, and you'd be like, nah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, <laughs> be, could be like, back be back like there was wind, there was wind in the building. <laughs> yeah, the door just opened. It's yeah, just it was a breeze, a, a touch, It was a breeze that just it just pushed it. Um, but yeah, the Heat are. So let me ask you something: Would you, I? Would you rather see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, or would you rather see a Celtics Heat matchup? Um, because I honestly think I'd rather see Celtics oh. Heat.
1: Russ just airballed a jumper.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just airballed a free throw line jumper. Um, I got to say, box. Really? Because I have no stakes in this whatsoever. I, I would think that Milwaukee's going to give you better basketball moving forward, right? It's going to give you a better matchup in the. Uh, conference finals. And it's going to give you a better matchup in the finals. That's that's my thought process there. If they wake up, which I think this win, I think Giannis is going to come out on fire. He's probably going for forty plus next game. I
0: agree. I think Giannis is going to punch everybody in the face on 30, Wednesday.
1: Thirty plus triple double for Giannis next game. I
0: wouldn't be surprised at all. We called the Clippers thing, and we called this game. We might as well just keep rolling.
1: Oh, they keep reviewing this. Uh,
0: airball. That's so sad. <laughs> Man. <laughs> now, you know what else is so sad? The Raptors effort that they put out against the Celtics cuz they almost lost by 20. It was 112 to 94. Um, mm-hmm. now are we surprised that they got thumped the way they did? I am a little surprised cuz Toronto,
1: they have the, they're that that veteran team that seemingly doesn't have an off night. They they don't beat themselves. It almost seems like they're like the Spurs of old like you're gonna you know what you get from Van Vliet from Pascal from Gasol and Lowry like you know what you're getting but the Celtics just have that firepower
0: they have that nuclear power that I think the Raptors just don't have so Marcus Smart went for 21 Kimmel Walker went for a double double 18 and 10 Daniel Theus, these Tice Tice, Tice. Tice. really <laughs> yeah that's an interesting pronunciation when it comes to the way that that's spelled yeah, it's all it's all good. Um, I don't think he's from America. I don't think he is either. For those of you not, uh, he's from Germany. Um, oh, there for those of you who don't know how to spelled, this, T-H-E-I-S. So that's interesting that that pronunciation is that way, but obviously I don't speak German. So um, He had a double level, 13 points, 15 rebounds. Jalen Brown had 17 points, and Jason Tatum. Had 21 points. And off the mm-hmm. bench, Robert Williams had 10 points. So you had six players in double figures. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, good, good, whole started. Like, you look at the teams in the league who have top to bottom really good starting fives. You know, yeah, obviously the Lakers come to mind, the Clippers come to mind, yeah. right? The Kings, obviously front runners.
1: That was the first team that came out.
0: Right, play. exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're just a super team, just young. Now, the Trailblazers have a pretty dang good starting five as well, with McCollum, Lillard, Whiteside. Names. Yeah, names, yeah. for sure. Um, the Rockets. Rockets have a pretty good uh, starting five. For the most part, yeah. I'd say the least, yeah. the least named guy on that is probably uh, House, Daniel House. Or yeah. denul, however you want to say it. Um, and then the Bucks, maybe? With Matthews, Bledsoe, Lopez, Middleton, and maybe? Nah, dude, that's a on, that is a on paper, the 76ers. Well, they're out. I don't, you, you, I
1: don't I don't get get to your point. Well,
0: I'm talking I'm like... just talking I'm talking about teams in the league who have top to bottom really good starting fives. I'm not talking about who's in the playoffs right now, but the Celtics have a very good starting five. A very good starting five. Now, they don't have, like, a superstar. But what they have are really good... Well... Jason Jason James is a superstar. Okay. The only reason why I didn't say superstar is because you didn't say Jimmy Butler was a superstar. So if you're going to say... Jason Taylor's a superstar. I feel like you have to say Jimmy <laughs> Butler's a superstar as well. Okay, Jimmy Jim, Butler can be like, a superstar. No, okay.
1: <laughs> how, many, how many superstars are you, are you allowing in per league? We got to really, like, we got to make it tier well, I was about to say do. that. <laughs> that's the theme for our show. For each, for each league, because I think, you know what, I'm just, I am was just susceptible to it, but I think superstar gets thrown around a little too much, you know?
0: I think um, it does too.
1: That's up. Jason Taylor's a bad man. How's that?
0: He really is. He really is. Um, he had 21 yeah, points, gonna, nine rebounds, two assists.
1: I'm just going to correct. I'm just going to save Jason a little bit for our Laker fans. The Lakers have a really good starting five, too.
0: That, and the, that was the the. You know what? Those were the first two teams that I mentioned. So thanks for listening. You know what?
1: The, the Lakers have a really good starting five. We didn't forget about them. That was the, they're not as good as the Kings. That was the first but... team I said. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so it was like 20 minutes ago. I don't even remember <laughs> the first two, couple of teams. They
0: well, you weren't helping me out. Oh my God. It's 100 to 100 with 43 seconds left. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they're, they're reviewing this uh, foul. That's crazy. They might overturn it. That's crazy. So give me some predictions for this, uh, for the rest of these playoffs right now. Um,
1: um, I think Celtics win a close one against Toronto.
0: What? So you're saying like 4-2?
1: Um, I was just talking about game two. Um, oh, I was, was talking about the series. Game two. I think they win in six. I think the Celtics win in six.
0: I think that's comfortable.
1: Um, I think Milwaukee definitely, I think they still win against Miami. Maybe in. I just really, because everything had to go right for Miami mm-hmm. in this game, I feel like. And when that happens, it makes me lean towards the other team has a stronger chance. Like Dallas. Dallas needed everything to go right for them to beat the Clippers, right? And Utah. Utah needs everything to go right. So I would more lean towards the other team. So I'm going to go Milwaukee in
0: six. Milwaukee in six, yeah. I could see that. I want, man, and just the fan in me wants it to go to seven, you know? I think Russell Westbrook just turned the ball over. We're giving you live commentary the day before. I'm not sure. I'm not watching the game. This is breaking. This is breaking news. Breaking. Oh, news. We're literally he just threw it
1: out of bounds.
0: We're literally the only show on the planet covering it real time Russell
1: right now. <laughs> he just threw it straight out of bounds. Oh, Houston, they shot themselves in the foot. We're going to Game Seven.
0: I'm Oops. all in for Game Seven.
1: Oh my God, Russell Westbrook just shoved. Daniel Gallinari. Yo,
0: we're going to have game seven from the Jazz and the Nuggets and potentially, what it looks like, game seven from the Thunder and the Rockets.
1: Russell Westbrook just got all his frustration out on this foul. He, like, that was damn near a football, like, shoved. So, you know when a, a running back runs out of the backfield and he meets a linebacker within, like, three yards, he's running, like, a little, uh, like, a uh, a wheel route, you yeah. know? The And the linebacker just checks him. Yeah. You know? That's what Russell Westbrook just did to okay. Gallinari. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely
0: <laughs>
1: threw him off his feet.
0: So I got a question for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell
0: me. So what? I oh, actually I got two better series. Okay, what do you think is going to be the better series on both sides? Okay, so we got the Rockets and the Lakers, or the Thunder and the Lakers. I think the easiest, the easy one to say would be the Rockets and the Lakers, probably. Right. Yeah, I think that's more
1: interesting. That presents so many interesting matchups. Okay, so you got the... a team that likes to go two bigs versus a team that likes to go no bigs. Right. And who wins?
0: Who's going to came?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I well. I feel like at that point I feel like the Lakers are just so good that they're that they're just going to be like, "All right, well, beat us, I dare you." Do whatever. No, what's
1: the, what's the other series? The other series.
0: Right, so uh, which which Thunder matchup? Yeah, which no no no, which matchup do you think would be more interesting to watch, the Clippers and the Nuggets or the Clippers and the Jazz?
1: Oh, um interesting to watch. I feel like Denver versus Clippers. I feel like we like that's to me the most um we've seen that the most not at times that's the most like conventional version of an NBA playoffs so you got two really good teams in the uh playoff in the regular season they meet up in the playoffs they're both stacked really I mean from head to toe we talk about starting fives both teams have great starting fives
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think the most interesting would be I don't think it would produce the best series unless you get a Herculean effort from Jonathan Mitchell so I think the most interesting would be Utah if they would be able to make it a series. What's good? Because then you got Donovan Mitchell just going solo act. Yeah. Hey, was that a foul? Oh, no. Final. Okay, so you just won. All right, so there you um, go.
0: There you go, everybody. We're going to have a Game 7.
1: Game 7 in Houston. I <laughs> you <we> better travel. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the fact that It would just be interesting to watch Donovan Mitchell work against two of the best perimeter defenders in NBA history, right? That would just be mind-blowing to watch.
0: But then you also have Jamal Murray
1: right now. You do, but again, Denver gives – I think just for me and my own viewing pleasure to watch – I think it's harder for Donovan Mitchell to do what he's doing than Jamal Murray is because of what's around him.
0: Uh, that's true. Now you also get Jokic versus Davis, which you, may not where? may not be the may not be the most interesting matchup for everybody. But I would wait, love wait, to see that. What
1: Davis? Jokic versus Montres Harrell.
0: Mm, I was looking at the the wrong bracket. Yeah, and well, hey. well, okay. I still feel like that would serve as a. Pretty interesting matchup in the sense that Montres Harrell is like, like that dude ain't afraid of anybody. <laughs>
1: yeah, he hasn't played super super well coming back. He's still a little rusty.
0: No, but you season. don't need to be. Um, you don't need to be playing super well on offense to give you to give him some effort on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the Clippers, ah, like Zubats. But he
1: get torched by Jokic. First.
0: I think he would get absolutely obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> um, who are the big? Oh, okay. I'm looking at their roster right now, and I'm trying to think of what big, what big is going to be able to get in front of Jokic. And Montres Harold
1: you, you put Harold, You put Harrell in front of him. You let
0: uh, Morris play um, off, and then I think maybe you try to you put Zubac on. Oh, man. Yeah, that's it.
1: No, Zubak's not in the game. He's on the bench.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well... I mean, Denver's... Denver's big. Denver's really big. You look at, um... Grant. His wings mm-hmm. his wingspan is 7'3", and he's 6'8". And he's their forward. Yep. Yeah. They got Porter Jr. Right. They're a big team. Um... And the Clippers are kind of big as well. They are, for sure. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think
1: Clippers, whichever team gets out, I think the Clippers match up against both teams. Because what are you going to do? You put Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Patrick Beverly, if he ends up coming back, you put them on Jamal Murray. Yeah. And the rest after that really leads it that that is a nice checkmate move for LA that they can do and the same goes for Donovan Mitchell.
0: Yeah. Yeah I think either way it'll serve as there's there's storylines for both series if they end up happening. Um or for either series I should say. Uh so I mean I'm just it's just so nice to have basketball back. It's like Candyland. Um, we can just sit here and talk about it for hours. I know, seriously. Um, and there is one last thing that we do need to talk about um, because we are a sports and entertainment podcast, and because... Whoa!
1: Wait, wait. You know, hold on one second. Okay. U.S. Open tennis is back. Okay, Mr. Jason Russell.
0: I know our closet uh, tennis supporting
1: show. We might be the biggest. <laughs> Tennis supporters in mainstream
0: media, <laughs> potentially,
1: at least, at least to the general audience.
0: I say, I say closet in the sense that nobody knows unless you've listened to this show, but we are, we, we love us in tennis. So, big
1: headlines coming in. First off, the fact that the U.S. Open is happening great in the same venue in New York. Didn't think that was going to happen uh, early in March because New York looked like a deathbed of cesspool of coronavirus yeah (laughs) you have some good good uh headlining players you got serena williams headlining for the women's side heavy heavy favorite always when serena's in she's a favorite for sure and you got novak jovich the world number one gonna be headlining the men's side
0: who cleaned up his first round six one six four six one
1: yeah yeah, I guess he, he was having a little trouble in the second set. I the was second that one, one, yeah. Um, but it's I think the thing about this U.S. Open is who's not there. Right. Especially for the men's side. You have Roger Federer, who's recovering from an injury. He already said he was going to miss. And you have Nadal skipping because of coronavirus reasons, right? He doesn't have coronavirus. He's just scared he might get it traveling to America, right? Yeah. Those are, I think, easily the two biggest challenges for Novak Djokovic. And the fact that they're not there kind of
0: looks like an easy uh, walk in the park to the finals. He might not lose a set. He may not. He, wouldn't it be insane if he swept the whole tournament?
1: <laughs> it, it would, but it also,
0: there'd be a huge asterisks
1: on it. Which oh, yeah. Sucks for an adult, it sucks for Novak that uh-huh. he has to deal with that. And
0: that's gonna be a that's gonna be a story throughout. I feel like that's in the same way the asterisk that people are gonna put on the Raptors championship with mm-hmm. Golden State when everybody got hurt, you know. Yes. So and at the at the end of the day, the Raptors won. And you got to play who's out there, and you know, same with Jokovic. He's got to play who's out there, and he's still playing against the top players in the world. <laughs> Um, and
1: yeah, a major win is a major win. Yeah, it's and, not his fault that other guys didn't show up. Yeah,
0: and there are such things as off days. <laughs> and he, he could have an off day. Um, I don't know, man. That guy's is... but it, it'd be it's one of the things that we've talked about with tennis on this show is that they've got three they've got three players who are the guy. And yeah. like unquestionably the guy. And usually they don't have off days. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like basketball where your shot just isn't falling. Tennis is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. So so that's that's happening. We'll
1: keep you guys posted. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't like getting U.S. Open uh, updates, sorry. <laughs> Go
0: somewhere else. <laughs>
1: Also, the BMW championship just happened. Did you tune in a little bit?: for I that? watched
0: a little bit of it. Um, and I, s- I saw that off, DJ was winning again. Yes, we'll talk about that. First off, the course, extremely hard. We've been seeing in the
1: 20s, for winners, usually, as at the start of this restart in the PJ season, I think there was only what four guys under par in the whole tournament.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like John Ron, Dustin Johnson, um, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, and then and, Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Neem, yeah. Neiman. And then Tony Finau. Oh, did he get under? He was one under, and then he got two other guys who even, but everybody else. <laughs> yes. everybody, Bless you. Thank you. Everybody else was above par.
1: Yeah. And the, the winner, as Jason alluded to, or well... The guy that was leading for most of the final day, the guy that's been on fire after this restart, Dustin Johnson, can we even be surprised that he's in there?
0: No. But (laughs) he got... But!
1: (laughs) Something miraculous happened. John Rahm went out. We just talked about how hard that course was. And he shot a 6 under 64 in the final round. And made it to a playoff hole with Dustin Johnson because they were tied at four under at the end of 18, and he makes a 66-foot putt
0: to win it. Boom. Ridiculous. 9.5 million purse. He won around 2 two mil. Yep. For sinking a putt. That's insane. And doing some other stuff. but <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, a few other things. Just a couple, but you just know, crazy. it's okay. You know, we'll we'll go out there tomorrow. We'll we'll shoot seven under.
1: That's what I'm really expecting. I'm going to watch um, highlights all tonight just to get in the flow, just get in the mindset. You know, golf's half half a golf. Everyone says is visualizing the shot, so I'm just going to visualize like just darts on the pin.
0: Absolutely, just and 150 yards out lands right next to the pin. Doesn't even move. Just boom. And then I'll swing, and my ball
1: will be topped and roll two yards in front of me. <laughs>
0: Seen it happen. <laughs> Experienced it. We've, we've all had those days. We've all okay, had so those I think days.
1: We definitely uh, I, we covered all the sports I wanted to talk about. Oh, and the Giants are balling out, too.
0: Huzzah. I, uh, um, yeah, and I think we'd be remiss not to, not to mention – uh, what happened also over the weekend, um, especially since we are a sports and entertainment podcast, kind of, <laughs> um, part time. <the>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the, the I don't even know what the right way to introduce this is without sounding like, I don't know. Uh, I guess you're just going for it. I guess I'm just going to go for it. Um, yeah, Chadwick uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh passed away um, over the weekend. Um, he had a four-year battle with cancer that he kept to himself um, for the longest time. And just he lost his fight with it over the weekend. And it was one of those things where because he kept it secret, when he did pass away, news finally broke that he had passed away. It was one of those things where it was like, what? Yeah. Like you just kind of you, I I remember just reading it, going like, "There, like, no, no." Where did where did I read it? Like, no way. Um,
1: I can't remember. I think I was on the couch with Jenna, and got the. Um, I think I saw it on like the Snapchat stories that they they gave you like updates on Snapchat and stuff, like news yeah. and stuff. And I saw it, and I was like, "Okay, well, that's got to be fake." Like he's not. It's the same. The same. Steps I went through for the Kobe, the Kobe passing, thing, yeah, went through for Chadwick. It was yeah. just like, wait, like how? That's not possible. He's way too young from cancer. I didn't even know he had cancer. I didn't even know he was battling cancer. It just seemed unbel like not believable at all. Yeah, in the worst
0: possible way. Yeah, it was. It was pretty shocking. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned to. Sam, before we started the show and this is obviously the least important thing of the entire thing but you can't help but look at what he's attached to and he's attached to the marvel cinematic universe and his character going forward was going to be arguably either the biggest or if not the biggest then one of the biggest parts of that movie franchise going forward and Marvel just lost that. Now, like I said, and he was he was the image of
1: like of a community because he Black really was. Panther was. I think it was the first um, African American starred
0: uh, superhero movie. Well, there if was, I'm not mistaken. there was Blade. But... Oh
1: my gosh, there was Blade, and there was um, the thing that Shaq was in too um is Hancock a
0: superhero movie I...
1: yeah it is it is okay major how's that like record yeah movie. yeah yeah the the, the it was thing the biggest that movie had yeah was crazy I mean it made it didn't cross I think it was close to two billion dollars yeah oh my gosh it just like people just related to it so much like it created that community it empowered a community mm-hmm. that were seeing. That same community trying to empower the messages that were in Black Panther yeah. that were felt in that movie, and then you lose that leader. You lose the get you yeah, like that can't be understated. I know we're, we we're I'm going to talk about uh, you just brought it up the entertainment aspect of it, that the fact that Marvel now has to replace that figure, but the. Like the role he had, he also played Jackie Robinson, yeah, in the reboot of Forty Two, and just embodied that figure in such a way. It was, and it's—it's it's almost like his career was getting started. It almost—it's almost like his big break just happened, and it's just so sad that we lose a talented guy. A, from all I hear, a great person. Yeah, all I was just reading down the line of uh marvel actors like the biggest names Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, Tom Holland, all these faces of franchises had just glowing words to say about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. It's it's just so heartbreaking that we lose another great figure. Like why it's it's in times like these that you just ask why are good people being seemingly punished.
0: Yeah. Um one of the things now do you want to bring up the idea that you have? No, no, that was just a joke. Really? I don't
1: think I don't think it would be I don't think it's in uh It's not even realistic. It's just
0: a I don't think it's realistic, but it's drink. it's not the worst idea in the world.
1: It's just a pipe dream, man. You know who I do think could pull it off? Hmm. Um It's James David Washington. uh, Denzel's son. John David Washington. John. John, Dang it. (laughs) The j (laughs) (laughs) Dave. He would actually be a good fit. He could probably do it. He's got the look. I don't know if he's got the aura about him or anything. I've never met him as a person. Um, Just seen him on his screen. But he's got the look to him. I, to Jason earlier, uh, joked and said that it's – it's too bad that Michael B. Jordan already played in a black Panther movie because he would also be perfect to play black Panther. Yeah, And if they somehow worked it to where he could just step in and they don't have to explain what's going on, it might actually work. That's what I said, because Michael B. Jordan's just a talented actor and we saw it in black Panther. He was great as Killmonger. We saw it in Creed. I mean, the dude is very talented. I don't,
0: I don't think that's the worst idea either, truthfully.
1: Um, the has got the physique. He's got the stunts already we already saw. I mean, it would It would work. I,
0: I think it could work, and I think it'd be one of those things where I think maybe for like a half a movie, everybody would go, well, this is kind of weird because he was just Killmonger. But then after that, it'd be like, "No, oh, okay, we're good.
1: I mean, we're in a world where three guys have played Spider-Man.
0: Well, and not, gonna be, not only gonna that, but we're going to be in a world where uh, two different guys are playing Batman. That three different guys, because Michael Keaton is coming back. True. So it's Very like, true. if why don't yeah. you just kind of slide Michael B. Jordan right up into that role? Like, I, I I could get behind that.
1: As like pitch it as an homage to Chadwick as well,
0: because they were good friends. Yeah. So, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this podcast, we covered protests and playoffs, (laughs) protests and playoffs.
1: That's, that's a good title. Just mark it right now. Just write it down.
0: That's exactly why I said it truthfully. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, but, uh, I, I, this, I, uh, I think, I think going forward with, with the, the movie franchise, I think they have to kill the character. They, and it's it sucks because it was in production, wasn't it? Black Panther two. Yeah, I, I mean, was, I understand. They... I understand what you're saying in replacing the character. I would be all for replacing him with Michael B. Jordan. But at the same time, I I feel like it's almost. I feel like it's too soon. <laughs>
1: No, it definitely is. No, for sure. If you're, it's like the Wolverine Marvel... thing. What What about the Wolverine?
0: Well, like, like Hugh Jackman was was Wolverine, and you I... can't just throw somebody in a year removed to play a new Wolverine. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Black Panther. Like, you can't just throw somebody in immediately. I actually think you could get away with it with Michael B. Jordan, but I think he's the only person you could get away with it, only because. He was in a Black Panther movie. You saw him in a suit, and I think you just switch the suit and just say he's T'Challa now. I think you could actually work that. But anybody else, I don't think you can just throw him in right away. So I think you have yeah, to this, kill the character.
1: And we we didn't even mention too, The MCU is a Marvel Cinematic Universe. All these movies are interlocked, and they've been planned
0: years and years in down
1: years down the road. So who knows? Black Panther p- could have played a huge role in the next Avengers 2.0 movie that they do, which probably makes sense because that was the biggest box box office movie, solo superhero movie that they had. So it would make sense that they would put all their backing into that franchise. And now that's going to be on the back burner and Marvel has to scrap any idea they had really for what they're doing next. And this is going to be pretty unprecedented territories for them.
0: Yeah. So do you kill the character or do you swap somebody? I think you have to. You have
1: to. I mean... I think you do too. Just out of respect and... The movie won't play as well. No. If you just simply kill... It's not
0: like one of those side characters in the Thor movie where they swap somebody. They swapped one of his like sidekicks. Oh, didn't they swap Heimdall? No, Heimdall was always Idris. But they...
1: Oh, um, Iron Man. They switched... uh, Rody,
0: they switched Rody, yeah mm-hmm. yeah they and they sh- didn't even explain it no didn't need to but they didn't need to now if you just switched iron man then it was like well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not like it's not like you can just make that swap because you know black panther was a main character so and now please welcome arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> as iron man wait what <laughs> Channing Tatum please. as Spider-Man. Wait a minute. <laughs> please, please, Papa. I need, you need to help me.
1: <laughs> I, I am a, I am a scientist. <laughs>
0: that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, you don't think that was good? No, I just, the thought of that.
1: I think it'd be pretty funny. It reminds, it gives me like a lot of um, Mr. Freeze vibe. Mr. Freeze. That he, that he played as.
0: <laughs> oh my God oh my god well we'll see what uh we'll see what happens because it's certainly going to be a delicate situation
1: yeah that again is the least the least
0: important of the whole biggest, thing yeah it's just for the purposes of our show to fill up a podcast yeah so well um that pretty much wraps it up for us today um as always thank you guys so much for listening we truly appreciate uh everybody support who decides to listen to us for an hour cuz like we always say if you listen to us if you made it this far on the show then i don't know what you've been doing with your day so you you a real one i know seriously like paddle back um so thank you guys so much for uh listening we will be back next monday um and we promise we promise we, we can say it. We <laughs> we, promise. we're pro- we promise we're we're back to our schedule now um So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you all next week. Have a phenomenal week, and uh, go Kings. Thanks, everyone. (laughs)